Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles Original Edition, which is published by the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for original edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there's a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email also sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. <clears throat> My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to close to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today, we're continuing our reading in Chapter 27, the body and the dream with sections four and five the symbol of the impossible and the quiet answer and at the top of the hour we'll pause for remembrance for our lesson remembrance of our lesson for the day lesson 290 my present happiness is all i see and that's led by an excellent brand all right. Well, let me ask first here this morning. Do you have uh, an opening for us this morning, Lori? <laughs> or let me return then to a more standard order. Okay. Um, go to the reading list. I'll go through the reading and listening list. Um, sorry. It's a good thing I have that list, but it's even better when I use it. Okay. Um, we have with us in reading today is Lori, Jessica, Fran, Harrison, Robin Marie, Yvonne, and Micah. And with us in listening, we have Ida, Mary, Donna, and Roz. Is there anyone else who's joined us who would like to go on either of those two lists or uh, or just say hi all right okay now Lord do you have an opening for us this morning I do and can you hear me yeah okay yeah yeah it's a little piece of a poem from Mary Oliver that speaks to me about present happiness. It goes like this. Ten times a day, something happens to me like this. Some strengthening throb of amazement. Some good, sweet, empathetic ping and swell. This is the first, the wildest and the wisest thing I know, that the soul exists and is built entirely out of attentiveness. My present happiness is all I see. Amen. Perfect. Thank you, Lori. Hmm. Amen. You're welcome. 
Perfect for the lesson. Went great with it. I agree, Fran. That sounds that is perfect for the lesson. Okay, I will get us started in chapter twenty seven here. The body and the dream with the beginning of the symbol of the impossible, section four, paragraph twenty nine. Power cannot oppose for opposition would weaken it, and weakened power is a contradiction in ideas. Weak strength is meaningless, and power used to weaken is employed to limit, and therefore it must be limited and weak because that it is, is its purpose. Power is unopposed to be itself. No weakness can intrude on it without changing it into something it is not. To weaken is to limit and impose to weaken is to limit and impose an opposite that contradicts the concept which it attacks. And by this does it join to the idea of something it is not and make it unintelligible. Who can understand a double concept such as weakened power or as hateful love? Lori. Uh, section 4, the symbol of the impossible. Paragraph 29. Power cannot oppose. For opposition would weaken it, and weakened power is a contradiction in ideas. Weak strength is meaningless, and power used to weaken is employed to limit and therefore it must be limited and weak because that is its purpose. Power is unopposed to be itself. No weakness can intrude on it without changing it into something it is not. To weaken is to limit and impose an opposite that contradicts the concept which it attacks. And by this does it join to the idea of something it is not and make it unintelligible. Who can understand a double concept such as so-called weakened power or as quote-unquote hateful love? 30. You've decided that your brother is a symbol for a hateful love, a weakened power, and above all, a living death. And so he has no meaning to you, for he stands for what is meaningless. He represents a double thought, where half is cancelled out by the remaining half. Yet even this is quickly contradicted by the half it cancelled out, and so they both are gone. And now he stands for nothing. Symbols which but represent ideas that cannot be must stand for empty space and nothingness. Yet nothingness and empty space cannot be interference. What can interfere with the awareness of reality is the belief that there is something there.
Thank you, Lori. And uh, Jessica. <clears throat> Paragraph 30. You have decided that your brother is a symbol for a, quote, hateful love, a, quote, weakened power, and above all, a, quote, living death. And so he has no meaning to you, for he stands for what is meaningless. He represents a double thought, where half is canceled out by the remaining half. Yet even this is quickly contradicted by the half it canceled out, and so they both are gone. And now he stands for nothing. Symbols which but represent ideas that cannot B, must stand for empty space and nothingness. Yet nothingness and empty space cannot be interference. What can interfere with the awareness of reality is the belief that there is something there. The picture of your brother that you see means nothing. There is nothing to attack or to deny love or hate, or to endow with power, or to see as weak. The picture has been wholly canceled out because it symbolized a contradiction which canceled out the thought it represents. And thus, the picture has no cause at all. Who can perceive effect without a cause? What can the causeless be but nothingness? The picture of your brother that you see is wholly absent and has never been. Let then the empty space it occupies be recognized as vacant and the time devoted to its seeing be perceived as idly spent, a time unoccupied. Thank you, Jessica. And Brian. 31. The picture of your brother that you see means nothing. There is nothing to attack or to deny love or hate or to endow with power or to see as weak. The picture has been wholly canceled out because it symbolized <coughs> excuse me, a contradiction which canceled out the thought it represents. <coughs> and thus the picture has no cause at all. Who can perceive effect without a cause? What can the causeless be but nothingness? The picture of your brother that you see is wholly absent and has never been. Wait a minute, just a moment. Let then the empty space it occupies be recognized as vacant and the time devoted to its seeing be perceived as idly spent, a time unoccupied. 32. An empty space which is not seen as filled, an unused interval of time not seen as spent and fully occupied, becomes a silent invitation to the truth to enter and to make itself at home. No preparation can be made that would enhance the invitation's real appeal. But what you leave as vacant, God will fill. And where he is, there must the truth abide. Unweakened power with no opposite is what creation is. For this, there are no symbols. 
Nothing points beyond the truth, but what can stand for more than everything? Yet true undoing must be kind. And so the first replacement for your picture is another picture of another kind. Thank you, Claire. And Harrison. 32. An empty space which is not seen is filled. An An unused interval of time not seen is spent and fully occupied becomes a silent invitation to the truth to enter and to make itself at home. No preparation can be made that would enhance the invitation's real appeal. For what you leave as vacant, God will fill. And where he is, there must, there must the truth abide. Unweakened power with no opposite is what creation is. Unweakened power with no opposite is what creation is. For this, there are no symbols. Nothing points beyond the truth. For what can stand for more than everything? Yet true undoing must be kind. And so the first replacement for your picture is another picture of another kind. 33. As nothingness cannot be pictured. So there is no symbol for totality. Reality is ultimately known without a form, unpictured and unseen. Forgiveness is not yet a power known as wholly free of limits. Yet, It sets no limits you have chosen to impose. Forgiveness is the means by which the truth is represented temporarily. It lets the Holy Spirit make exchange of pictures possible until the time when aids are meaningless and learning done. No learning aid as use which can extend beyond the goal of learning. When its aim has been accomplished, it is functionless. Yet, in the learning interval, it has a use which now you fear, but yet will love. Thank you, Harrison. And Robin Marie. As nothingness cannot be pictured, 
So there is no symbol for totality. Reality is ultimately known without a form, unpictured and unseen. Forgiveness is not yet a power known as wholly free of limits, yet it sets no limits you have chosen to impose. Forgiveness is the mean by which the truth is represented temporarily. It lets the Holy Spirit make exchange of pictures possible until the time when aids are meaningless and learning done. No learning aid has use which can extend beyond the goal of learning. When its aim has been accomplished, it is functionless. Yet, in the learning interval, it has a use which now you fear, but yet will love. The picture of your brother given you to occupy the space so lately left unoccupied and vacant will not need defense of any kind. For you will give it overwhelming preference, nor delay an instant in deciding that it is the only one you want. It does not stand for double concepts, though it is but half the picture and is incomplete. Within itself, it is the same. The other half of what it represents remains unknown, but is not canceled out. And thus is God left free to take the final step himself. For this you need no pictures and no learning aids. And what will ultimately take the place of every learning aid will merely be. Forgiveness vanishes and symbols fade, and nothing which the eyes have ever seen or ears have heard remains to be perceived. Thank you, Robin Murray and Yvonne. Thank you, Lemoyne. The picture of your brother given you to occupy the space so lately left unoccupied and vacant will not need defense of any kind, for you will give it overwhelming preference, nor delay an instant in deciding that it is the only one you want. It does not stand for double concept, though it is but half the picture and is incomplete. Within itself, it is the same. The other half of what it, rep- it represents remains unknown, but it is not canceled out. And thus is God left free to take the final step himself. For this you need no pictures and no learning aids. And what will ultimately take the place of every learning aid will merely be forgiveness vanishes and symbols fade and nothing which the eyes have ever seen or ears have ever heard remains to be perceived. A power, capital P, power, wholly limitless has come, not to destroy but to receive its own. There is no choice of function anywhere. The choice you fear to lose, you never had. Yet only this appears to interfere with power unlimited and single thoughts, complete and happy, without opposite. 
You do not know the peace of power which opposes nothing, yet no other kind can be at all. Give welcome to the capital power beyond forgiveness and beyond the world of symbols and of limitations. He will merely be, and so he merely is. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. And Micah, would you read 35 and take us into the next section? Okay. 35. A power wholly limitless has come, not to destroy, but to receive its own. There is no choice of function anywhere. The choice you fear to lose you never had. Yet only this appears to interfere with power unlimited and single thoughts, complete and happy without opposite. You do not know the peace of power which opposes nothing. Yet no other kind can be at all. Give welcome to the power beyond forgiveness and beyond the world of symbols and of limitations. He would merely be, and so he merely is. Five, the quiet answer. Uh, 36. In quietness are all things answered, and is every problem quietly resolved. In conflict there can be no answer and no resolution, for its purpose is to make no resolution possible and to ensure no answer will be plain. A problem set in conflict has no answer, for it is seen in different ways, and what would be an answer from one point of view is not an answer in another light. You are in conflict. Thus, it must be clear you cannot answer anything at all, for conflict has no limited effects. Yet if God gave an answer, there must be a way in which your problems are resolved, for what he wills already has been done. Thank you, Micah. And is there a new reader for 36 and 37? We have a new reader. Carry on here for 36 and 37. All right. Uh, Back to you, Lori. Section 5, The Quiet Answer. In quietness are all things answered, and is every problem quietly resolved. In conflict there can be no answer and no resolution, for its purpose is to make no resolution possible, and to ensure no answer will be plain. A problem set in conflict has no answer, for it is seen in different ways, and what would be an answer from one point of view is not an answer in another light. You are in conflict. Thus it may 
must be clear, you cannot answer anything at all, for conflict has no limited effects. Yet if God gave an answer, there must be a way in which your problems are resolved, for what he wills already has been done. 37. Thus, it must be that time is not involved and every problem can be answered now. Yet it must also be that in your state of mind, solution is impossible. Therefore, God has given you a way of reaching to another state of mind in which the answer is already there. Such is the holy instant. It is here that all your problems should be brought and left. Here they belong, for here their answer is, and where its answer is, a problem must be simple and be easily resolved. It must be pointless to attempt to solve a problem where the answer cannot be, yet just as surely it must be resolved if it is brought to where the answer is. Thank you, Lori. And Jessica. <clears throat> 37. Thus it must be that time is not involved and every problem can be answered now. <clears throat> Yet it must also be that in your state of mind, solution is impossible. Therefore, God must have given you a way of reaching to another state of mind in which the answer is already there. Such is the holy instant. It is here that all your problems should be brought and left. Here they belong, for here their answer is. And where its answer is, a problem must be simple and be easily resolved. It must be pointless to attempt to solve a problem where the answer cannot be. Yet, just as surely it must be resolved if it is brought to where the answer is. Attempt to solve no problems but within the holy instant's surety. For there the problem will be answered and resolved. Outside, there will be no solution. For there is no answer there that could be found. Nowhere outside a single simple question is ever asked. The world can only ask a double question with many answers, none of which will do. It does not ask a question to be answered, but only to restate its point of view. All questions asked within this world are but a way of looking, not a question asked. <clears throat> a question asked in hate cannot be answered because it is an answer in itself. A double question asks and answers, both attesting the same thing in different form. Thank you, Jessica. And Fran? 38. Attempt to solve no problems but within the holy instant's surety. For there the problem will be answered and resolved. Outside, there will be no solution, 
for there is no answer there that could be found. Nowhere outside of a single simple question is ever asked. The world can only ask a double question with many answers, none of which will do. It does not ask the question to be answered, but only to restate its point of view. All questions asked within this world are but a way of looking, not a question asked. A question asked in hate cannot be answered because it is an answer in itself. A double question asks and answers, both attesting the same thing in different form. 39. The world asks but one question. It is this, quote, Of these illusions, which of them are true? Which one establish peace and offer joy? And which can bring escape from all the pain of which this world is made? Unquote. Whatever form the question takes, its purpose is the same. It asks but to establish sin is real and answers in the form of preference. Quote, which sin do you prefer? That is the one which you should choose. The others are not true. What can the body get that you would want the most of all? It is your servant and your friend. But tell it what you want, and it will serve you lovingly and well. Unquote. And this is not a question, for it tells you what you want and where to go for it. It leaves no room to question its beliefs, except that what it states takes questions form. Thank you, Fran. And Harrison. 39. <clears throat> the world asks but one question. It is this. Of these illusions, which of them are true? Which ones establish peace and offer joy? And which can bring escape from all the pain of which this world is made? Whatever form the question takes, its purpose is the same. It asks, but to establish sin is real and answers in the form of preference. Quote, which sin do you prefer? That is the one which you should choose. The others are not true. What can the body get that you would want the most of all? It is your servant and your friend. But tell it what you want, and it will serve you lovingly and well. Close quote. And this is not a question, for it tells you what you want and where to go for it. It leaves no room to question its beliefs, except that what it states takes, takes questions form. 40. A pseudo-question has no answer. It dictates the answer, even as it asks. Thus is all questioning within the world a 
form a propaganda for itself. Just as the body's witnesses are but the senses from within itself, so are the answers to the questions of the world contained within the questions. When answers represent the questions, they add nothing new and nothing has been learned. Thank you, Harrison. And Robin Marie. A pseudo-question has no answer. It dictates the answer even as it asks. <clears throat> this is all questioning. Thus is all questioning within the world a form of propaganda for itself. Just as the body's witnesses are but the senses from within itself, so are the answers to the questions of the world contained within the questions. Where answers represent the questions, they add nothing new, and nothing has been learned. An honest question is a learning tool which asks for something that you do not know. It does not set conditions for response, but merely asks what the response should be. But no one in a conflict state is free to ask this question, for he does not want an honest answer, answer where the conflict ends. Only within the holy instant can an honest question honestly be asked. And from the meaning of the question does the meaningfulness of the answer come. Here is it possible to separate your wishes from the answer so it can be given you and also be received. The answer is provided everywhere, yet it is only here it can be heard. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Yvonne. Thank you, Lemoyne. Uh, where am I at? 40, 40, 41. 42. An honest question is a learning tool which asks for something that you do not know. It does not set conditions for response, but merely asks what the response should be. No one in a conflict state is free to ask this question, for he does not want an honest answer. He does not want an honest answer where the conflict ends. Only within the holy instant can an honest question honestly be asked. And from the meaning of the question does the meaningfulness of the answer come. Here is it possible to separate your wishes from the answer so it can be given you and also be received. The answer is provided every year, yet it is only here it can be heard. An honest answer asks no sacrifice because it answers questions truly in. The questions of the world but ask of whom the sacrifice demanded, asking not if the sacrifice is meaningful at all. And so unless the answer called an excuse me, and so unless the answer tells of whom it will remain unrecognized unheard, and thus the question is preserved intact 
because it gave the answer to itself. The holy instant is the interval in which the mind is still enough to hear an answer which is not entailed within the question asked. It offers something new and different from the question. How could it be answered if it but repeats itself? Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne and Micah. Okay. 42. An honest answer asks no sacrifice because it answers questions truly asked. The questions of the world that ask of whom is sacrifice demanded, asking not if sacrifice is meaningful at all. And so, unless the answer tells of whom, it will remain unrecognized, unheard, and thus the question is preserved intact because it gave the answer to itself. The holy instant is the interval in which the mind is still enough to hear an answer which is not entailed within the question asked. It offers something new and different from the question. How could it be answered if it but repeats itself? 43. Therefore, attempt to solve no problems in a world from which the answer has been barred, but bring the problem to the only place which holds the answer lovingly for you. Here are the answers which will solve your problems, because they stand apart from them, and see what can be answered, what the question is. Within the world, the answers merely raise another question, though they leave the first unanswered. In the holy instant, you can bring the question to the answer and receive the answer that was made for you. Thank you, Micah. And is there a new reader for concluding with the last paragraph again? Patricia here. Well, please go ahead, Patricia. 43. Therefore, attempt to solve no problems, no problems in the world from which the answer has been barred, but bring the problem to the only place which holds the answer lovingly for you. Here are the answers which will solve your problems because they stand apart from them and see what can be answered, what the question is, Within the world, 
the answers merely raise another question. Though they leave the first, the first unanswered. In the holy instant, you can bring the question to the answer and receive the answer that was made for you. Thank you, Patricia. And we are at the top of the hour. I'm going to attempt a very brief summary here. First, uh, the symbol of the impossible. I believe in the text it says that the separation is the idea of conflict. And the, the idea of conflict would be the symbol of the impossible. And uh, so briefly from section four, the picture of your brother, paragraph 31, the picture of your brother that you see means nothing. The picture has been wholly canceled out because it symbolized a contradiction which canceled out the thought it represents the picture of your brother that you see is wholly absent and has never been let then the empty space it occupies be recognized as vacant and the time devoted to its seeing be perceived as idly spent a time a time unoccupied <coughs> an empty space which is seen as not which is not seen as filled, an unused interval of time not seen as spent and fully occupied, becomes a silent invitation to the truth to enter and to make itself at home. No preparation can, can be made that would enhance the invitation's real appeal. For what you leave as vacant, God will fill, and where he is, there must the truth abide. Nothing points beyond the truth for what can stand for more than everything. Yet true undoing must be kind, and so the first replacement for your picture is another picture of another kind. Just as nothing cannot be pictured, so there is no symbol for totality. Reality is ultimately known without a form, unpictured and unseen. I would add, but yet experienced. But forgiveness is not yet a power known as wholly free of limits. Yet it sets no limits you have chosen to impose. Forgiveness is the means by which the truth is represented temporarily. It lets the Holy Spirit make exchange of pictures possible until the time when aids are meaningless and learning done. In the learning interval, 
picture has a use which you now you fear but yet will love. The picture of your brother given you to occupy the space so lately left unoccupied and vacant will not need defense of any kind, for you will give it overwhelming preference. Though it is but half the picture and is incomplete, within itself it is the same. The other half of what it represents remains unknown, but is not canceled out. And thus is God left free to take the final step himself. And what will ultimately take the place of every learning aid will merely be. Forgiveness itself vanishes, symbols fade, and nothing which the eyes have ever seen or ears have ever heard remains to be perceived. A power wholly limitless has come, I'm 35 now, a power wholly limitless has come not to destroy, but to receive its own. The choice you fear to lose you never had, yet only this appears to interfere with power unlimited and single thoughts, complete and happy, without opposite. You do not know the peace of power which opposes nothing yet no other kind can be at all. Give welcome to the power beyond forgiveness and beyond the world of symbols and of limitations. He would merely be, and so he merely is. Okay, maybe not brief, but there's section four, and then section five. Let me get to my <clears throat> the quiet answer. I'm gonna skip to thirty-seven. The title: The Quiet Answer. God must have given you a way to reaching to another state of mind in which the answer is already there. Such is the holy instant. It is here that all your problems should be brought and left. Here they belong, for here their answer is. 38. Attempt to solve no problems but within the holy instant's surety, for there the problem will be answered and resolved. Outside there will be no solution, for nowhere outside a single simple question is ever asked. The world only asks pseudo-questions that have no answer. They dictate the answer even as they ask. Also from 40. Thus is all questioning within the world a form of propaganda for itself. Meaning propaganda for the world. <coughs> 41. An honest question is a learning tool which asks for something you do not know. No one in a conflict state is free to ask this question, for he does not want an honest answer where the conflict ends. Only within the holy instant can an honest question honestly be asked. And from the meaning of the question does the meaningfulness of the answer come. 
here it is possible, here is it possible to separate your wishes from the answer so the answer can be given you and also be received. The answer is provided everywhere, yet it is only here it can be heard. Forty-two, an honest question, uh, sorry, an honest answer asks no sacrifice because it answers questions. Truly ask. Questions of the world, but ask of whom sacrifice is demanded. Asking not if sacrifice is meaningful at all. The holy instant is the interval in which the mind is still enough to hear an answer which is not entailed within the question asked. It offers something new and different from the question. How could it be answered if it but repeats itself? And uh, I'll read all of 43. Therefore, attempt to solve no problems in a world from which the answer has been barred. But bring the problem to the only place which holds the answer lovingly for you. Here are the answers which will solve your problems because they stand apart from them and see what can be answered, what the question is. Within the world, the answers merely raise another question, though they leave the first unanswered. In the holy instant, you can bring the question to the answer and receive the answer that was made for you. There's the quiet answer. And so now I would like to turn to you, Fran, to lead us in remembrance of our lesson today. Sure. Thank you. Hi, Thanks. everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and we are on the last day of the theme, What is the Holy Spirit? And we are on lesson 290. My present happiness is all I see. Uh, shall we read some from What is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit mediates between illusions and the truth. As he must bridge the gap between reality and dreams, perception leads to knowledge through the grace that God has given him to be his gift to everyone who turns to him for truth. The goal of the Holy Spirit teach the goal of the Holy Spirit's teaching such is just this end of dreams. For sights and sounds must be translated from the witnesses of fear to those of love. And when this is entirely accomplished, learning has achieved the whole the only goal it has in truth. For learning, as the Holy Spirit guides it to the outcome he perceives for it becomes the means to go beyond itself to be replaced by the eternal truth. From knowledge, <clears throat> where he has been placed by God, the Holy Spirit calls to you to let forgiveness rest upon your dreams and be restored to sanity and peace of mind. Without forgiveness, will your dreams remain to terrify you and the memory of all your father's love will not return to signify the end of dreams has come. 
Accept your Father's gift. It is a call from love to love that it be but itself. Would you refuse to take the function of completing God when all he wills is that you be complete? Now we'll go to the lesson. Lesson 290. My present happiness is all I see. Unless I look upon what is not there, my present happiness is all I see. Eyes that begin to open see at last. And I would have Christ's vision come to me this very day. What I perceive without God's own correction for the sight I made is frightening and painful to behold. Yet I would not allow my mind to be deceived by the belief the dream I made is real an instant longer. This the day I seek my present happiness and look on nothing else except the thing I see. With this resolve, I come to you and ask your strength to hold me up today while I but seek to do your will. You cannot fail to hear me, Father. What I ask have you already given me, and I am sure that I will see my happiness today. We'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 290. My present happiness is all I see. With this resolve, I come to you and ask your strength to hold me up today while I but seek to do your will. You cannot fail to hear me, Father. What I ask have you already given me, and I am sure that I will see my happiness today. Lesson 290, my present happiness is all I see. Amen. Oh, man. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you, Thank you, guys. Good morning, Harrison. This has always been a challenging lesson for me. 
because I seem to always be kind of wading through uh, my unhappiness. Um, when he says, eyes that begin to open, see at last. And I recognize that he's not talking about my physical eyes. But he's talking about the attitude with which I approach um, everything. Am I relying on my body's eyes or am I relying on Christ's vision to show me what is there? If I'm relying on my physical eyes, my body's eyes, then it's inevitable that I'm going to see war, hate, division, sin, guilt, death. That's what my body is always showing me. But if I choose to use Christ's vision, and that starts in my mind of what I want to see, what I choose to see, and how I choose to see, probably more importantly, but it's a process that um, can can take time and effort. I found for me, and I remember reading in the text. Uh, a uh, line in chapter 20. I'll conclude with just this quote. Prisoners bound with heavy chains for years, starved and emaciated, weak and exhausted, and with eyes so long cast down in darkness, they remember not the light. Do not leap up and joy the instant they are made free. It takes a while for them to understand what freedom is. And I guess that's what I'm have been experiencing. And I'm so happy that he says to me that you can have Christ's vision come to you this very day.
sin. So this day I seek my present happiness and look on nothing else except the thing I seek. It's a nice little lesson for me today. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Thanks, Fran, for reading and everybody who was reading. Thank you, Harrison. And thank you, Harrison. Yes, thank you, Harrison. This is Donna. As I was listening, particularly when Harrison was speaking, the vision came. I had this picture of one of those high wires, like those, I think they were called the Walendas, walked across these high wires. And I said, and it came to me that that's what this is like in this dream or this world, this miscreation. It's like walking that high wire and keeping your footing. And then it occurred to me, and it's the Holy Spirit who is the balancing pole. But what really got me was the word attentiveness. (laughs) It like grabbed a hold of me. And so I was looking through the whole reading with um, with that lens. And this is how I kind of Got it. Power is attentiveness. However, inattentiveness is full of questions without answers, for it ignores power. I am complete. Amen. Beautiful description. That was beautiful, Donna. Thank you. Lots of vision. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Thank you. You're welcome, but thank you, because this is how every moment, this is how, you know, it it, it really is. This is how it is. And that's the state of I'm kind of in all the time, and I'm, it did help me to put words to it. So thanks, thanks everyone. Thank you, my brethren.
Well, this is Lemoyne. Yeah, I want to I want to thank you, Donna, for uh, <laughs> returning to a point that's made, I believe, pretty early in this course about uh, where to place our focus. And, and the statement is, be vigilant only for God and his kingdom. And that that is in that attentiveness. That's that is the call for the attentiveness of which you speak. And it does make the symbols of conflict. I, I don't know how to say it. Display their, you know, you can see through their, their weakness. And, and uh, need to derive power um inferentially and from outside themselves and, and not just be what is um which is which is one. Um to uh I wanna add a personal share here. Recently I had a relationship uh go on for years that was uh where we spent a lot of time together and when it finally came into conflict I did the opposite of what it suggests here I tried to solve the conflict and pushing past an invitation to go to the holy instant and share peace before attempting to solve the problem and yeah that was that was that was pretty effectively it and now it would appear there's no resolution, but the answer is still in the same place. <laughs> it's in the it's in the holy instant. And uh, now, if I would seek peace between, the step to take is to find it within, so that I have it to offer. Anyway, and that's again the return to the quiet answer. I'm hoping this uh, object lesson for me, which I so 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 stark, I like to call it an abject lesson, um, is clear, and I remember to where to turn for answer, for the answer is is to the holy instant, and if I'm not seeing it, then it's just a symbol, not a symbol of impossibility, but just let that remind me I do not know and therefore not attempt anything except again the holy instant anyway I'm complete thank you thank you Lemoyne thank you Lemoyne thanks for sharing that Lemoyne Morning, everybody. It's Jude. I, I really, um, I love the the line <coughs> um, where it talks about asking questions in the world and them being double questions. And um, it, it says a pseudo question has no answer. It dictates the answer, even as it asks. All questioning within the world is a form of propaganda for itself. 
just as the body's witnesses are. But the senses from it within itself, so are the answers to the questions of the world contained within the questions that are asked. There's no getting out of it. <laughs> An insane separated mind thought the world up and, you know, that we can't fix the problem with the insanity that, that caused the problem. And, you know, that we're, we're perceivers through senses of a world that validates our separation is the world and its perpetuate, perpetuating problems that can't be solved because they're made within the world through the, through the body's eyes and through perception. And the Course teaches me that the perception is what needs to be healed. When there's no perception left, there's nothing to come between me and knowing the truth of the happiness and the peace and the joy that I am as an immortal spirit, as in the living, living in the constant, changeless reality of a state of unicity, a state of grace, and there's nothing that can threaten me, nothing that can hurt me, nothing that can harm me. There's nothing that I need. There's nothing that I want because I am everything. And there's just love within that. It's the unshakable, knowing, beingness of God, that I am everything and that everything is within me, that I am love and love but just calls to everything to be itself as a part of me. And the, um, the stillness, you know, peace is disturbed by egoic thinking. You know, who hasn't figured that out yet? Everything's okay when I decide I'm okay with everything. I'm the problem maker, and I'm the problem thinker that, that needs to be undone. I need to let go of my thinking that I know what's better or worse, what, what's good or bad, what's right or wrong. It's like, no, the totality of God's reality cannot be judged. Perception and judgment are the same thing. Ergo, here I go again. <laughs> Thanks for being here, everybody. I love you. The past is over. Let's think something new. Let's affirm our truth today, the truth of who we are, not what we think we know about everything or anything. Amen. I am complete. Thank you, Judy. That was excellent. Okay, Judy. I'm Thank you, Judy. Yeah, thank you, Judy. And uh, I know I don't don't usually call people out, but I want to leave a little space here for Robin Marie, who I know has to go about this time usually. Anything you'd like to share, Robin Marie? Or not as fine as well. <laughs> Apologies if that landed sideways for you, Robin Marie. Um, floor is open.
I said, Harrison, quickly, I just love to hear uh, anybody's thoughts on 40. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I'm so sorry. I, thought, I didn't realize I was on mute. Thank you so oh. much, everybody. It, it really resets my brain. So <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm, I'm with you in mind and heart. Bye. Oh, thank you, Robert. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Robert. Hurry. Um, the last paragraph. Attempt to solve no problems in a world from which the answer has been barred. That's a, that's a huge statement to me um, because all my life has been about solving problems. Mine and others' problems. In the world, and I'm realizing that um, I'm just creating a bigger problem for myself. I appreciate him saying, but bring the problem to the only place which holds the answer lovingly for you. Here are the answers which will solve your problems because they stand apart from my problems. And see what can be answered. What the question really is. Within the world, the answers merely raise another question. Though they leave the first unanswered, in the holy instant, you can bring the question to the answer and receive the answer that was made for you. Finally, that very last sentence tells me how to find the answer. Turn to the holy instant. All answers lie within the holy instant. That moment in time when I let go of my belief in the reality of the world, my belief in the past, my belief in a future that does not reach present or future that does not reflect the truth of who I am, that I am the Holy Son of God. And there is no alternative. I'm complete. 
Thank you, Harrison. That Thank you, Harrison. Beautiful. Yes, and so true and so right. Super clear. Thank you, Harrison. The, that this is a dream of judgment. We're dreaming that we're bodies, in bodies, and limited, and separate, and different, and multiple variations. It's like, what is the same in one cannot be different and have different parts? That's what makes the united power and the united love of the kingdom of God whole and complete as one, indivisible, and 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 perfectly protected in its perfect unicity. And that's where our strength and, and power come from. That's the unshakable knowingness of the truth of who we are as spirit in a state of grace forever. It has nothing to do with form, appearances, perception. When perception is undone, this is the ultimate knowing who we are. To not perceive the dream as real is the first step in undoing it. We can't believe in two orders of thought at the same time. We have to be able to understand the simplicity of what the Course teaches us, that perception needs to be undone. And slowly as we perceive problems specifically and ask for help to resolve them, they're undone and we see see their insignificance their unimportance, their meaninglessness because of the the meaning that the ego gives them is what makes them meaningless. Ergo, we see the the absolute (laughs) meaningless of the ego itself, that it truly doesn't exist. It's something we imagined through the eyes of our perceiving ourselves in bodies with the world validating it and making all the problems up for us. This is huge stuff, huge, huge. It's trying to reveal to me in as many words, as little words, I imagine, as it's possible to describe something that's incapable of being described. But God help me. God help us. Let us decide to be truly happy today without change. Our changelessness is our immortality, and it's in a constant state of peace, joy, happiness, and freedom. And it's not contingent on anything outside of me. And it's un- I am unalterable by anything outside of me. Amen. I'll, I'll, I'll thank Lori and Lemoyne and everyone, uh, Fran, for facilitating us all being together today. Help bring us to this awareness, this beautiful awareness. Amen. Thank you, Judy. Thank you. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. That's one I need. We'll listen to again. (laughs) Well spoken. The, the kitty singing, singing our Lord's praises too. <laughs> Thanks, Jessica.
Right. Thank you, um, Judy. Um, yeah, talking about singing our Lord's praises, a song was coming to me this morning that I grew up with in the Lutheran church, with, which Martin Luther wrote. Almighty fortress is our God. Starts like that, which is no longer politically correct. But I, I translate it into course acceptable meanings, you know, when I sing it, when I hear it, or whatever, which I never hear it anymore because I don't go back to the church I was raised in. But, um, yeah, that was coming to me this morning. God's truth abideth still, it says at the end. His kingdom is forever. Thanks, I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thanks, Ida. Hi, this is Jessica. Um, I can really relate to what Harrison was talking about because I feel like I, you know, I sort of had a profession that was about helping people solve problems. Um, not not necessarily solving them for them, but guiding them to solve their own problems. And I remember I used to want to meditate with them, and sometimes I did, but I often felt like they would feel cheated if I spent 10, 15 minutes sitting in silence with them because I wasn't, quote-unquote, giving them something and, you know, or listening to them during that time. And I knew that it was really, it would be, and it was when I did do it, very valuable to meditate and be quiet and wait for the quiet answer with them. But our world doesn't really validate that method of finding answers very much. Um, I'm so grateful now that I that I do believe and trust that that way of finding answers is very valid and the quiet answer is there in the holy instant. And um, it is still it is still a challenge to to trust that. You know, every time I I do um, employ that method, it does seem to work. It doesn't work instantly, and I I can still uh, convince myself somehow to think that getting the answer some other way is quicker. <laughs> but as we know, it isn't necessarily the right answer. And, um, um, you know, when I join with somebody in the peace of God to talk about something and if they're core students they don't try to supply me with the answer and they know that when I try to think through the answer that that's not the way to get it so anyway hopefully that was coherent so grateful for all of you I'm complete thank you Jessica yeah thank you for your thank clarity thank you Jessica so Jessica you just called Patricia out with a memory that I just am so grateful the things come alive in me when we gather and share these 
stories. And it was a, a long time a, a therapist, a psychologist that was just um, famous worldwide. People come home from great distances just for uh, one session with this guy. And what I eventually found out, which I stayed away because I first thought anybody that doing that can't be real. <laughs> but then uh, I discovered it was in his ability, he said, to find the right question. And people would say they, that in one session, they would get more from him than 10 years of anywhere they went. And so then I said, I learned from him, studied. He was always looking for what was perfect about the perceived problem. And as soon as he was personally aware that he did not know what was perfect about the person, the client's presenting perceived problem, he knew how to ask them. He was just guided, he said, to know how to ask them what is so perfect here. How is this working for you? And he started with questions in a way we could translate now to the course uh, that of uh, what is already perfectly working in you. And it would create these incredible revelations where people would suddenly discover what they wanted to change out of finding out what question asked about what was already perfect. Thank you. That was beautiful, Patricia. Thank you. Yes, that was. Oh, great. Thank you, Patricia. And thank you, Patricia, for returning to this thing that, you know, an honest question actually seeks resolution, not just proof of its premises and in the circular propaganda for itself kind of way. And that guy's power lied, lay in asking honest questions about the people he was just meeting. And the previous, I want to quickly say I got a script, another revelation as the previous share about the difficulty to hold back and, and maintain silence and still trust you're being valuable for that person who, who may want your help is that what that, that he had was the ability to be the listener and maintain silence till he lost all his attitudes about there being an error 
where he could personally go to enough open, I don't know, I don't know how to find this. Oh, good, now I've let down my, I don't need a question that's going to try to guide her to stop overeating or to, I've suddenly found, oh, I've found silence where I have no opinion. And that takes, that's a skill, and I just want to highlight the courage in all of us to to just breathe into this silence and keep it asking that Christ to give us that patience to trust Christ is informing us all. Thank you. Boy, amen to that. Yeah, thank you, Patricia. This is Yvonne. Uh, I'd like to share. Uh, thinking about trust. Uh, I, this is a, a personal thing here now. I, I'm in Canada. I'm visiting my family in Newfoundland. I wanted to come here be, uh, many times be, with COVID, but I didn't. So now I'm here. But this time, I, I just... Uh, decided, well, I didn't decide, but it came to me basically that this would be a different kind of a trip. And I didn't really know what it would be. I, I, I was just opening myself up to whatever came. I had no idea what I was going to do. I just knew I wanted to see my family in different places. Anyway, uh, it's just been so unbelievable and just so beautiful and just so um, wonderful for me because things just kind of come to me. Things happen and things I never would have thought I would do when I came here before. Uh, like, for instance, I uh, decided to go to church last night. I haven't gone to church in 20 years or more, um, the Anglican Church of Canada. And um, I, wasn't, I wasn't going because I wanted to go to church. There was like a pull. Uh, and I've been feeling an ancestral pull here and and the things that are occurring are to me that so I'm at I'm at the church and I knew I wasn't going because I wanted to go to church in the way that I've gone before I just 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 called one of my cousins and and we went I went with her anyway so there it was totally different from what I'd perceived before because I didn't have any judgments about it about the one God and Jesus is the Son, only Son of God, or anything like that. I just went went with the flow, and in the beginning, um, they asked me if I would read uh, from the New Testament, the the reading, and without even questioning it, yes, I will, and I did, and that is the first time I've ever spoken in the church that I grew up in. And it was a totally different uh, situation. And I knew, I knew what it was. I went because I wanted, this is what I had to do. This was my calling here, just to get up and speak and, and be a part of the community. Uh, it was just so wonderful. And, and then my, um, I really felt the ancestral pull with my mother um, and my, gra- my grandparents. 
and so I went to visit the area where they were where they had lived, which does not inhabited anymore. And such a, a, a an overwhelming feeling came over me, and I I was I mean I just sat there and cried, but it wasn't a cry. It was just like I'm connecting with this. I, I'm just connected with this, uh, this this vibration or with this ancestral uh, pull that I knew was bringing me here, but I didn't quite know how it would be fulfilled. And as I'm going through this week, uh, I am realizing there's that. Yeah, there's a church. There was that. There's things that are happening because I was called here uh, to experience that. So uh, it's a beautiful thing. I don't. To me, it's very. I don't know what to say, but I did want to share it because it just helps me express a little more when I do that. So I'm complete. Thank you. Thank that you. That was certainly beautiful, Yvonne. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad I heard that, Yvonne. That was really gorgeous. <clears throat> yeah, that calls me, Yvonne. This is Lori and... I'm in a very noisy place, so I probably need to keep it limited. But um, this weekend, I had a had an email I, from a group I participate in, and they send me um, flashes, flashes from the mind of Piralaya Samadhan on the Sufi way. And the flash this weekend was this: Your heart doesn't have an edge, and neither does mine. Do you realize what this means? And to hear you speak of that open mind, open heart, uh, just fills me with joy. In the same way, um, the same way everything I've heard here today does. Um, Don, I especially enjoyed your image of the high wire act. And it... Um, and what it reminds me of is um, in the release of judgment section of the manual for teachers. He says, how is judgment released? Um, and to me, that's what this whole, these whole two sections are talking about, especially in paragraph 35, where he says, if you could realize the power beyond forgiveness the limitlessness of God. I will let God receive what is his own. The only choice I fear to lose is one I never had. For a long time I struggled to define what is freedom. What is freedom? But in How Is Judgment Released, he defines it perfectly. I release the choice I thought I had but never did. And that's freedom. Freedom from judgment. He says, if I could realize the weight of judgment, I would merely stagger and fall down beneath it. But when I release my judgment, everything's available in the same 
way you speak of the high wire act of attentiveness. Every error I release, I give to my Father an open space where truth can be restored to me. He talks often in Course of Love about how it is our function to make the unknown known. And it's only in this way that the unknown can become known. It's like a high wire act, walking that space that I've heard it called the liminal space, walking that liminal space where the light within me can light up everything I see. And that can only happen to the same degree that I release my judgments, which is another word for forgiveness. I just love that image, walking that high wire, always releasing what I think to be the truth to the real truth. And it's in that way that I can make the unknown known, that great unknown, that great limitlessness, abundance of love that is the source of everything. It's the only way my responses can be guided from that quiet place. And now it's getting noisy again, so I'm complete. Oh, thanks for that. That was good. Thank you. Mm, thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Thanks so much, Lori. Well, I, because Lori is beset by noise, I want to uh, try and take a little present moment guidance and um, offer a close from Sing it. Offer a close from uh, chapter 15, The Purpose of Time, Practicing the Holy Instant. And uh, 43 and 44. The necessary condition for the Holy Instant does not require that you have no thoughts which are not pure. But it does require that you have none that you would keep. Innocence is not of your making. It has given you the instant you would have it. In your practice then, try only to be vigilant against deception. And I read that as primarily self-deception and deception about ourselves. Only to be vigilant against deception also add, be vigilant for the kingdom and seek not to protect the thoughts you would keep unto yourself. Let the Holy Spirit's purity shine them away and bring all your awareness to the readiness 
or purity he offers you. Thus, he, thus will he make you ready to acknowledge that you are host to God and hostage to no one and nothing. a very powerful quiet answer <laughs> and I think I'll close the call there or close the recording but of course the call will continue for another hour or so and y'all are welcome to stay <laughs>